Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Yo! Could have went left, but it went right. Could have went wrong, but it went right. Said it was Ian, but it went right. Man will get bars on bars on site. MVP in the night. Tell a nigga if the positive. Heads right in the paper. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Touchy Gooners. It's um, your boy SV Carboholic hosting today on hosting duties. Um, guys, yeah, appreciate all the subscribers, all the Patreons, everyone who locks in on a weekly basis. Love you guys, really, really appreciate it. And we hope you like the content that we keep putting out. Obviously, we've had um, our Patreon um, reaction from the Leicester um, victory on Saturday. So for Patreons, make sure you've checked that out if you haven't. Um, but yeah, let's um, let's kick into it. I'm joined tonight by both Dan's, German and Nigerian. Dan, how, how's it going, gents? What's happening, brother? Yeah, Dan, you're on mute as well. Nice, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I'm all good, man. I'm all good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. So yeah, let's let let's kick off. I just want to get um. So obviously, the Arsenal, you know, Arsenal fans on Twitter, our, our mood can change very very quickly. Um. You know, we could be heavy on somebody's neck, and then we could be heavy in praise two minutes later. So, but obviously now we're nine games um, undefeated. That's seven wins and two draws in all competitions. So the mood is the the the, the it's fair to say the mood is lifting around the camp. Um. You know, we the Leicester away win was very impressive at the weekend. We managed to keep a clean sheet with that. Um, but I want to know from you guys, I'll, I'll start with you, Nigerian Dan. Like, have you, you know, how have you felt about the run? Are you encouraged by the way we're playing? Um, or is there for you still a degree of scepticism about what, what you're seeing generally? You're on your mute, Dan. It's a techie one, right? Because I think um, I think th- this run is a, it's a combination of different performances, right? So um, the start of it, you know, we're looking at the wins over Norwich, we're looking at the wins over Burnley. I was less than convinced that you know anything had changed. I think that was just a case of you know we're playing some poor sides um, and they weren't able to to really capitalize on us being. As bad as we were in those in those games, I think, you know, in both of those matches at nil nil, I felt that we didn't really have many answers um, in both those games. And I think, you know, the trend has changed a little bit. Um, uh, and I would say the last two wins um, have definitely been uh, more impressive, uh, just in terms of the way that we've approached those matches. Um, I think the thing that, you know. Is the is like not allowing me to really get fully behind these results and in, in involved in all the propaganda and whatnot is that I think this we have an issue where teams allow us to have the ball um, and 
I, I'm not sure that I've seen much of a change um, from some of the performances we saw towards the end of the end of last season. So um, going back to those Norwich and Burnley games, I think we had a lot of possession um, in those games. And we weren't really able to fashion chances, weren't really able to fashion clear openings. I think people mentioned that Norwich game where after we went 1-0 up, the game opened up a little bit um, and some of the passes were off. Same thing with Burnley. They cited the, the long grass, um, this, that and the other. And what I found is that when other teams sort of up the tempo, um, sort of block off our out balls, we don't really seem to have an answer. So, you know, you look at the Brighton game um, where they basically just pammed us for, you know, 70, 80 minutes of that game. I think we started the first 10 minutes well. Um, and then after that, we couldn't get out. We didn't really have an answer to anything that they were throwing at us. Um, and then the Crystal Palace game started well, scored one goal. Um, they got in the ascendancy. We really didn't have an answer again for another, you know, 60, 70 minutes. Um, and that reminds me of this Leicester match that just happened most recently. This time we went 2-0 up. And looking at the stats, I think after that first 10, 20 minutes, um, they outshot us 15-4. to We had like something like 30% possession. So um, I, I'm not sure yet that I'm fully invested. I think um, the team are doing well. They're pressing better, which was one of the things that we... Um, were calling out for earlier in the season that we weren't seeing um, because that seems like an easy win to chance creation. Um, so, yeah, it's a funny run. Um, it's definitely one that I'm keeping my eye on and seeing how the team progresses. But for me, I need to see more um, in terms of us being a better side on the ball and then not allowing teams to really get, get a stranglehold of the game um, so easily. Cool, cool. Yeah, no, I don't really disagree. And, and German Dan, uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think I've seen, or I grew up on Arsenal basically playing good football every week, winning most weeks. Um, so, you know, I'm I, I mean, I mean, I'm encouraged by the run to some degree. Um, I think especially the last two games. But in the words of the goal future, I'm never satisfied, man. Listen, I need I need Arsenal to start playing real good football again and win like basically most weeks, and then I'll be, you know, my mind will be at, at ease. I'll be at peace. I will stop drinking Bailey's and all that stuff. But right now, I'm still on edge because I'm I'm not gonna be here and say, oh yeah, I'm super encouraged, but I'm I'm just not that kind of person. I'm always more skeptical and critical, and then I'll try look at the information that's at hand and as the information on some of the stats that Dan has mentioned. Um, there are still some worrying signs. Um, I still think that we we don't quite dominate games like we could and should. Um, but I think we are definitely um, on a good trajectory currently. Um, it's important to keep this momentum. Um, I think in a group I was speaking about cadence and sort of sequencing of matches. We have a lot of rest between the Leicester game, which was on a Saturday um, in the morning. And then the next game is Watford on a Sunday uh, afternoon. That's like eight days. Um, no games in between. Complete, completely able to prepare for that game in isolation. Like, like it's a cup final, essentially. And we need to play like that every week. Every week, the first 20, 30 minutes. Even if there are some deficiencies in the way we control games um, over 90 minutes. If there are some deficiencies in the way we create from open play. We need to go out there first 20, 30 minutes and completely try get one or two goals and then try try leave with something. That's what we have to do basically every game, in my opinion. The cadence of games allows us to do that. And that's how teams like Leicester made their way up the league, man. That's how they made their way up the league. They turned up every Saturday and Sunday when they needed to and rested in the week, prepared in the week. And um, I think we have a good opportunity here, but I need to see results. I'm not someone that... Um, likes to project i need to i need to see the figures and the facts and then i then i'll i can run with it for example we 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 saw one article come out this week talking about how arsenal have been proved right without sticking with Arteta. they haven't been proved right at all yet they haven't been proved right at all yet they have been proved right if he achieves the objective set out at the end of the season until then reserve your judgment watch how the team plays try to get behind the team 
Um, and that's it. But don't come out here making these early statements. We're just gonna end up looking like idiots if we do that. So, uh, and I'm not in the business of trying to look like an idiot. So I reserve my judgment. Um, I, I'll, I'll support the team, of course, and I want us to do well. Um, and I'm happy we're getting some results finally, man. My weekends are calm now. I'm chilling on the weekend, man. Like I was, I was on a Sunday. I was out on a Sunday. Like no worries on my mind, you know. Like I was cool. I need that every week, and then then I I, I start talking a bit more wild. I think because <laughs> I do lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I tend to agree with both of you. I feel like um, while the the results have definitely seen an upturn, there is still some skepticism about us breaking down deep blocks. Now, obviously, we we've counterpressed quite well in the in the last couple of games. Um, but I guess to, to sort of play devil's advocate, you know, some some fans might say, you know, well, the Premier, the overall level of the Premier League has improved. You know, you, you can't control or dominate games for, for that long now. You know, everyone everyone seems to play in spurts, like 10, 20, 30 minute bursts. And, you know, you try and get your, your stuff then. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what would you say to counteract that, um, Nigeria Dan? Do, do, do you think that there's merit in that or, or do you still think there's there's other approaches we can maybe take to, even if we don't necessarily, you know, um, have possession the whole time just to control the stem and the, the tide of the flow a bit better in games? Um, I can't lie. I think um, it's, a, it's a personnel issue um, and a mentality issue. Um, so I think it's going to be quite difficult to um, just flip a switch. For me, I think um, the the lack of experience in the squad um, does make a big difference um, because you look at uh, some like if you look at the back line, for instance, um, that's been playing. You have got Ramsdale there, who's twenty three, um, who has played who has played a lot of football. Um, so I'm not really looking at him too much, but. Um, if we're looking at who the main organiser is at the back, um, this season it looks like that's Gabriel. Um, and as far as I'm aware, um, as far as I'm aware, this is probably his first season where he is the the organiser in in the defence. Um, prior to joining Arsenal, I think it was you know sort of eighteen months to two years at Lille, um, and he wasn't really playing too much in his first season. Um, there, so he had sort of under 100 um, top five league appearances before he joined Arsenal and he was in and out of the team last year. So, if that's the guy who is sort of deciding where the line is going to be, um, deciding how deep you're going to drop, I'm not sure yet that he's got that necessary experience that when we are getting pushed back, that he can then you know sort of pull the line um, forward. And then when you look at centre midfield. Um, I do think uh, someone like Xhaka, um, even though I don't necessarily think we miss his um, on-the-ball ability, I do think we probably miss his experience, um, his ability to uh, defend space um, a little bit when you have someone like Lokonga in there or Erdegaard, who's been asked to play um, in that deeper role a little bit. So um, for me personally, um, I think we need a defensive midfielder, like a proper, proper defensive mid that um, their primary job is to win the ball back and then maybe, you know, drive forward with the ball, pass it to some of the other other players who can drive us forward with the ball. Because I look at it, I see Partey as more a ball-playing centre mid. I know he's good at winning the ball back with, with his frame, with his height, with his strength um, and speed across the ground. And he's a good tackler, good at, uh, getting ball recoveries, but I don't think his primary job should really be to win the ball back. And outside of him in that team, I'm not sure that we have anyone who who has that defensive uh, instinct or defensive, um, you know, sort of nous to to try and win the ball back when we are under the cosh. So I know Basuma, someone that's been mentioned loads. Um, but a player of that ilk, I think next to Partey, helps us control games a little bit more because, you know, they can stop teams stringing uh, three or four passes together. They stop teams playing straight down the middle of us um, and they can they can turn and get other teams pinned back um, as well, which I think, you know, someone like Kante showed um, in, in a lot of big games towards the end of last season how effective uh, having someone 
like that would be um, in the team. So I think that is a profile that we're missing in central midfield. And I'd like to see us go grab someone like that in January. Cool. Um, Jeremy Dan, anything to add? Do you think it's just a, a, a personnel issue or, or, or do you think it's tactical as well? Because it is interesting, you know, despite my reservations about Arteta, when I have... I have seen him. He's always trying to gesticulate to the back, you know, to the back line to push up. He's always trying to push the line higher. So it's, it doesn't seem like it's a, a tactical decision for them to try and drop deep. But maybe it is, you know, to, to Dan's point a bit about, you know, lack of experience. When you look, he's already mentioned you've got Ramsdale, 23, Gabriel, 23, White, 23, Tomiyasu, I think he's 22, um, you know, Tierney's 24. But Tavares is only 20 so it is very very young so it so it is maybe a case of building some more um you know confidence building some more coherency so maybe it is it is a time thing maybe that will improve over the course of the season yeah I think it's a mix of things I think age probably does play a big role um I genuinely think it's it is a quality issue as well um like you have players that I feel like I think Udegaard is playing way below the level that he is uh, and should be for us um, so that's the type of player that if if you are if you're good at retaining the ball high up the pitch, that defensive line is always going to shift up higher because the ball is in the opposition half more often more regularity, more frequency, all that all that good stuff. Because it's not at the moment, and we are very much a transition-based team. Um, I don't think we have enough pros profiles in the team and even of the required quality to allow us to pin teams back for a longer period. So I think we've mentioned Partey. Partey is one that um that that adds to this, but Partey is also not someone that just um just passes the ball for the sake of keeping it. He's very aggressive in this passing, so he does he can turn over the ball. Um, you know, he he'll try fizzle through the lines, and if there's not someone that can win the ball back quickly, um, then possession is lost and we're on the back foot again. So, um, I think I said this a week, couple of weeks ago. I think we're kind of in limbo at the moment be, between a team that has some capabilities of being a possession, strongly possession-based team, and then a team that actually has a lot of players that favour more the transition-based approach. And um, right now, in game states, I think we've managed to um, assert our qualities better in periods, but before we struggled really to do that. So when we were supposed to be transitioning, we were doing the play and the possession stuff, and it was not working. When we were supposed to do in the possession stuff, we were trying to transition, turning over the ball, getting countered. So when we apply in those sort of skills, it didn't work in the past. I think we're doing that a bit better now in terms of application, but generally the quality is still lacking. We we need someone that um, on the break can commit players. We need players that are much better under pressure. I think Saka and ESR are very good under pressure. However, I've said this before, which is why I think ESR is more of a winger um, or, or like a dynamic sort of forward than a playmaker. He's not a high, high touch player. Um, so Saka is a higher touch player, I think, than ESR, actually. So he comes to the ball a lot. He secures the ball a lot, retains it a lot. We need more profiles like that. When we then put, throw people off on off the bench, who's coming on off the bench? Martinelli, Pepe, people that turn over the ball quite a lot. Who have we got in midfield that can come on? Right now, we can't really bring on Jacka. Um, so who's coming on? Ainsley Matanaus. I think he he can he can be um, calm in possession, but he's also not a high touch player, also not a player that looks off the ball that well. And then on any, he's just someone that passes his side all the um, all the time, so the ball doesn't go forward. We don't have the profiles. We we still lack quality a lot to do what I want us to do, which is why I'm not that harsh on on um, on, on on that aspect. What I require, however, is that that we that we able to win games in, in the fashion and manner that we've won in the last couple of weeks. Um, and we need to add quality, as I said, in midfield and also out wide. Um, getting players that are more secure in possession, getting more high touch player and um, high touch volume players, and getting more players who are um, dynamic um, can commit players. Like we we talked about this in a group, uh, a Saint Maximan on the left wing would be would be great, or um, someone on the right wing like Suleimana would be great. That when 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 you when when we play when we were playing against um which one it was Leicester when they were pinning us back I think we lacked the quality to get out not even difficult situations like medium difficulty difficulty situations and I'll just think back Uzu Alexis Kazula those situations these men are turning quick break we're probably we we're getting at least a goal and um, uh, uh, a chance created. 
from this those type of situations. Leicester were actually quite open. We just didn't have that quality. If we do have that quality, we can punish teams. And then once teams realize, okay, we can't actually really go full throttle on Arsenal because they can, they still can at the moment. Once they realize that, they will step back as well, which then allows us to exert our, our, our control a bit more. So all these things are like counter counter counterbalance points that um that kind of make it more difficult for us to to have a very distinct style of play. But the main thing for me is quality. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. You hear that, Mikel? Um, centre mid, left wing, striker, you know, get me on the blower. Um, or maybe not, as you know, in the group chat this week, I have been getting corned a lot for okay. some of my failed opinions. <laughs> so you saw the segue there. So, so, so let's 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 segue into it. So we're gonna go on to like a little um segment now. We're gonna talk about some Arsenal opinions um from each of us. So one that you know we got wrong one opinion that we held that we got wrong and one opinion that we held that proved correct over time. So um, I'll kick it off with the wrong one. Um, you know, another one to add to my list as I, as I, <laughs> as I have an ever increasing list. So I'll chuck one that I thought I'll chuck out there is um, Reese Nelson. Now I thought Reese Nelson was going to be a guy. I really did think he was going to be a guy at academy level. He was just as good as Sancho. Some said he was better than Sancho. Um, could go both ways, you know. Um, he really looked to have it, but he, he's really struggled with this transition into senior football. Um, even though he had an okay slow, not Hoffenheim. Um, and uh, you, you guys remember when Arteta first came in, we always we all thought Reese Nelson was going to be his prep project. Remember, Reese Nelson was the one who was starting the first few games. Pepe was on the bench, but he doesn't seem to have kicked on. Um, spent a lot of last season in the under twenty threes, played some Europa League games, but. He, he's really, really stagnated. Um, obviously, he's still only 20, so there is still time on his side. Um, obviously, he's on now on loan at Feyenoord, but um, <laughs> I don't know if he's even starting there. So, so yeah, that is uh, another one to add to my dreadful list of uh, um, shots. Um, what, do you, what, what do you guys think of that one? <laughs> that one is a sticky one still, man. I wasn't really that hot on them, but it's easy to be hot on them again. Mm -hmm. When we saw the clips from the academy, this boy was balling, man. <laughs> yeah. He was looking like Neymar in the academy, boy. Wow. Crazy, man. Hail it Neymar, you know. Fuck. Yeah, trust me. Yeah. And then he had also that low and a half mime. And I did watch some of their games. He didn't really start games. And he came on as like a lot of times like a striker. Like I think he was even wearing the number nine for them. Came on and he scored like, I don't want to sound like an XG merchant, but at the time, honestly, he was scoring chances there like, those are not really chances, man. Like, he was just clapping the ball from, like, mad angles. I was thinking, okay, this guy might be actually be it. But it just turned out it was, like, a Pulisic S sort of purple patch, I think. Yeah. When they were jugging teams already, so. <laughs> you know what's mad about that? I was just doing some searches on um, some historical tweets and that, yeah? So I said, um, I looked into Tachiguna's pod i can't believe someone's comparing nelson to jordan Ab. yeah and i was i was uh, <laughs> <laughs> i was like this is so harsh the guys play, barely played any minutes but boy that that comparison is looking is looking accurate right now man so sharon i was definitely in your boat um because i thought because the thing is as well like when you watch you football and since i was in uni i've been watching like some of these under 23 games and stuff like that nelson was actually like supposed to be the truth in it you know what i mean so he was dunking on all of these small boys so you know he's scoring free kicks he's taking set pieces he's doing he's doing an absolute magazine every week so you know and i think when he first went to hoffenheim um him and sancho they were doing like a tip for tap type every thing. week, like, boy, yeah, was... week. Then, <laughs> then nelson was back back the next week and i was like yeah no that these these men are running the same do you know what i mean they're looking they're looking similar so yeah, that's yeah, that's that one. I'm uh, not too, too mad at you though, but yeah, I think I think with Nelson, um, I feel like he could have he could have done something um, with mm -hmm. his career, done way more than than now. But I'm not sure what his motivations like and that kind of thing because you know he's he got he got injured. I think he's rejected a couple of loans and that. So I don't know if he's he's all about playing um, personally, but you know maybe that's me being presumptuous. 
it's, it's, it's a shame because I think one thing that's not disputable is that Nelson has ability. He actually has a lot of ability, but, you know, sometimes having ability and it translating at the right level and can can be very, very different because, you know, look look at, I mean, he, he's got the perfect example of ESR and Saka. He was ahead of both of them, do you know what I mean? So, and now uh, he's, he's not in the picture at all. So it just shows how quickly things can change, but also, you know, um, having the right mentality to succeed um, at the top level is, is is key and paramount as well, which I think a lot of people doubt his application, which is a shame. But, you know, he's still our player, so we'll, we'll see, we'll see. But um, go on, Nigerian Dan, give us your, your wrong shout. Wrong shout. Oof, there's been a few of these, you know, there's been a few of these. <laughs> um, let me even just think, because... My, okay, my wrong shout, yeah, Hector Bellerin. I'm going to put that out there, yeah, because... I can't lie, I was going to do that one, so I have to think of another one. Yeah, Hector Bellerin, because this is another one that, when I was watching him, so I remember vividly watching one, uh, I can't remember, it was like the old, like, youth Champions League thing that Arsenal used to play, and I think then they played, um, and, and then they were, they were playing that, um, and Bellerin, him him and Gnabry... They were running riot, boy. were running riot down that right side. And I was like, my goodness, this Hector Bellerin guy is going to be an absolute mazine. He went to Watford on loan, um, and I think he did quite well at Watford. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this guy, this guy's the truth. He came in, and then I remember his debut, and I was in one of my WhatsApp groups, and I was like, to all these men, yeah, look, this it was against Dortmund, I think it was, in the Champions League, yeah. And then um, uh, when, when Debushi got got shoved into the, the, the advertising advertising boards. And I was telling all my boys, I was like, look, yeah, Bellerin, look, he's going to murk it today. He's going to be, he's going to be fantastic. And I remember they absolutely pammed him um, that, that game against Dortmund, Mkhitaryan, Royce and everyone. They were just running rings around him. It was, it was very peak. And I was, and then I was getting, I was getting pelters. But even after that season, I thought, and right up until probably Wenger left, I, I was really rating this guy. Um, but I think basically since he went vegan, um, it's been a downhill downhill struggle, man. And then obviously he got that ACL uh, in Emery's first season. Um, and it, it basically was just a write-off for him. And I don't think he's looked the same. But that was one guy that I thought was like, yeah, going to be one of the best right-backs in the world. Um, but yes, yeah, I have to hold the L on that one. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you don't you don't even necessarily have to hold L because I remember when he was flying. You know, there was talks that Barca were going to bid what fifty mil odd for him. Do you know what I mean? So at the time, it looked like a a very very good shot. It's just in hindsight, you know, sometimes um, as we've seen with football players that are really good, uh, you know, at a young age, sometimes they don't always push on and hit that next level that that you're hoping that they can reach. So I don't think that's the wildest wildest shot because uh, at the time he was looking he was looking match. But um, but yeah, German Dan, give us your shot. I think, and re- so to keep it recent, I think in recent times from the transfers that, we, that we've made, one that I was really, really convinced of, and to some degree I still am, but I might just be, I might just be, um, I might just be bugging. But I was really convinced of Lucas Torreira, um, and when he came in, the way he came in as well, he, he started really, really well. He had some amazing games. I think five or six games in a row, and he was just top, top quality. And you're like, this is this this position is sorted for the next five years. <laughs> Come next season, <laughs> boy, <laughs> it was all done. And I think he's got like a year left on his deal in the summer or something. So, and also the clubs that he's going, like at the time he was playing so well, I was like, I don't know how long we're going to be able to keep this guy because he's, he's South American. He's the type of guy that I can see wanting to go to like the Atletico Madrid, actually play there as well. Um, the PSGs, like I thought he'd go to, to one of the big continental clubs at some point I would want to. And I was thinking, okay, how much how much money could we get from him after like five six games? So it was a it was a player that really encouraged me. And then when I used to work as a um, as like a football analyst, I used to um, watch a lot of Serie A games. So I was watching him a lot at Sampdoria. And you know when you're like so surprised that Arsenal are linked with this player because that like I think that was the transfer window. That was the first transfer window when I thought, okay, these men might be they might be using the data because we're using data at my old, old work. And I was like, they're looking at the data because on the on the on all the metrics, he's looking crazy. Torreira, he, he was, and then um, there was still a lot of strings to his bow that he had at Sampdoria that we never saw at Arsenal. Like actually, never saw. He was a freaky specialist at Sampdoria. Like he was whipping in the maddest deliveries, shooting from like 30, 35 yards out from free kicks, sitting across bar scoring. Like he 
He looked like a proper proper player, and then obviously he had, he had all that ball winning stuff, and he was also more he was also more sort of like how do you say? Lira always says he's a pussy with his passing, but he was like he was more brave with his passing. Like mm. I was thinking, yeah, we've signed a player here, and then again to kind of touch on what you guys said, and and your examples might have been um, slightly different because they come from the academy, but the adaptation and then application, and um, to do that consistently and. You know, um, every week and um, actually, uh, actually, like, do the things that you're good at um, very well. It's not that easy, actually. Um, even though, I mean, he isn't isn't the in the percentile of being an elite footballer. They all are in the top five leagues, but um, yeah, he can't can't put it on the pitch all the time. And his, the way his time at Arsenal went is is quite shameful, you could say. Really, um, I think that might have been. Some Arteta not liking him, um, or, or some some personal sort of dispute. I, I made that theory time ago when I thought Torreira started actually quite well again under Arteta. I was like, yeah, this boy is back, and then he got like an injury, never got back in the team. I think he probably rejected the pay cut as well. Um, yeah, and since then, loan at Atletico flop really. Um, now he's on loan at Fiorentina. I told you. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was, I was yeah, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. I was, I was, I was, I was about to say with with Torreira, he he's at Fiorentina. Have have we? I've literally not heard a single thing. He's even playing at Fiorentina. I've not heard his name once. I've, you know, I've watched some of the games he's playing. It's just media at the moment, bro. I can't really. Lie. Yeah. You know when you know how um, when he was playing in the ten and the Emery, yeah. he was just throwing his body into everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I don't even know what happened to Torreira, man. I think yeah. you know, I hope I hope his mentals were right, you know, because it just seems that he's not in a good place. So I don't know if that's why his his form just took a nosedive. Obviously, Pe uh, Emery playing him in number ten made no sense. Um, that 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 is still like one of the biggest terrorist moves I've ever seen a manager do. Like I can't lie to you, and that for me is why I'll never ever forgive that guy. <laughs> I don't forget. to this day I'm still suffering PTSD from Emery from the Emery era, man. <laughs> I'm still suffering. So, but yeah, it's it's a real it's a real shame about Terrero. To be fair, there's I know, there's a couple others that that came to mind, even recent ones. Um, you know, I wasn't very big on Saka at the start. Uh, I, I think a lot of us in the group we all admitted to that. I remember the shouts initially that we only saw him as a left back, you know. Um, but then obviously he moved further forward and, you know, he eventually moved to right wing and he started moving brazy. Um, obvious one, Ramsdale. <laughs> I think a lot of us look like we're going to have to swallow a big, big L on that one. But hey, listen, I can't lie. <laughs> that distribution is an absolute madness. I've seen anything like that. I don't even do, I don't even share about no saves no more, bro. <laughs> yeah, for real, man. I can't lie to you. Like some of the some of the passes that I've seen this guy do, um, they're they're completely like uh, over and above anything that I thought he was capable of. And the thing that I don't understand is, I don't really get why we di we didn't see any of this because this seems like such a an obvious and useful skill. For any team, regardless of the style that you play, like so, even if you're playing, you know, sort of long ball football, um, Sheffield United, they had men like McGoldrick and and stuff like that that they used as target men. So I didn't really understand why, you know, he wasn't he wasn't really fizzing these passes into them. So, you know, it definitely seems like a secret weapon that he's um, he's kept in his locker. But boy, if, if if we're taking L's on that, then I'm happy to. Yeah, I, I feel like, like you said, it's it's. For any team, even if you're not trying to play out from the back, that kicking is such a wild string to the bow to have. It can really just dictate how you orchestrate, how you set up your team in so many different ways, so many different facets. Just to know, like, even kicking out of his hand, kicking on on the ground, breaking lines. I, I'm not seeing, like, because you, you know you made the point about it was... It's more than good, like you know, like you know, you can see a goalkeeper sometimes, like you're like, oh, he's got decent distribution. This is pretty much verging on, like I don't know, like I said, only Edison and Allison I'm seeing that are doing the stuff that I've seen Ramsdale do so far. That's how uh, over and above the kicking has shocked me. I can't lie to you. I can't, especially in the last, the last two games, definitely. And there was one against Palace as well. I think he broke a line with ridiculously, but yeah. Yeah, when, so, when you think of these examples, I think I have one more to be honest. Um, 
Granny Jacka, man, he he looked really good at Gabbach. Um, I think, and I'm saying Jacka because I think that player and the way his Arsenal career has transpired, I think is well documented what all of us think about him. But that player has generally changed my outlook on what I've what I deem quali- like real qualities in midfielders, because his lack of mobility, just you, I just feel like he gets exposed too many times. Even when he has a good game, any given moment it can happen. You know, that lack of mobility in midfield um, has completely changed what I want in a midfielder. Like for basically ever, I basically, if you if you present me uh, a Mark Rocker, a Jaka. Uh, even with Fabian Ruiz, I'm looking at like, listen, what, 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 what are the Sanchez and what are the consumers doing? Because I'd, I'd rather buy there, I'd rather shop there, you know. Um, so yeah, that's definitely one that I, I was big on him. I, I wouldn't say I was a proper stand, but I was like, yeah, this is a quality signing, and let's get him in. He's going to be able to dictate from and from deep and whatever. Um, and then a couple games in, I think he had one good game on the wing. I thought, oh, him and Kazola played together. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this this can yeah, run. I think that was Watford away. I think that was Watford oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Good memory, that is. I was like, oh, this can run. And then, boy, it, it didn't take him. Lo- it didn't take him long to start fouling people like crazy and kicking yeah. people and doing all that stuff and that. And then that's when he lost me. To be fair, quite early, but I was pretty sold on him in the beginning. I, I think that this is obviously a league that really exposes your your lack of mobility. Obviously, I think Arteta's probably done well to hide him, hide it, since uh, we haven't seen as many Jacka brain farts since um, Arteta's been in charge. But yeah, generally, I agree with the premise. I just don't want any midfielder who can't run. Do you know what I mean? When you look at the state and when you look at the stats, the league is getting faster, more athletic every year. Do you know what I mean? So, um, so much so that, do you know what I mean? So I just don't, I, I really don't want to have to carry any pay or, or any deficiency. Do you know what I mean? So every player should be able to hold their own zone, win their jewels. Right. Do you know what I mean? So, mm. and that's one thing that's noticeable, you know, which is why we've been so big on like Gabriel praise, even Tommy Yasu aerial jewels as well. Do you know what I mean? Players who are winning, who are two way, who can go either way. Um, and you know, it's why I think Tavares is, is showing a lot of encouragement yeah. recently as well. So, these are definitely things I, I want to factor in mind, um, going forward. Um, yeah, one, one name as well. Sorry, Dan, um, yeah. another import from um, German League. Yeah, <laughs> um, is, uh, is, we taxing it, baby. <laughs> it's Kalasinac, yeah, um, because. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't watch. I didn't watch this guy at all in oh, Germany. God. I didn't watch him at all. Um, but I was reading all the reports. Bundesliga team of the season um, can play as a wing back, can play left back, can play left centre back. All of this. I was reading it, and then this guy. Let me tell you, this guy fooled me. In his first six months, this guy fooled me. Like he fooled the hell out of me because I think he was he was looking like one of like some attacking fullback. Slamming in crosses, slamming in shots. I think he scored in like one of his first five appearances or something like that. Yeah, and I was like, "Rah, we've picked a gem out here, hundred k a week." I was like, "Yeah, light work, you know, whatever, this that, and the other." And then, boom, one season later, like I hated him. I hated, it. I hated his guts. And I remember distinctly that Europa League final, yeah, where in the first ten minutes, this guy has the opportunity to just play a square ball to a Bamiang, and he blazed it out. And I was like, look, the thing is, if he, if we scored that, you know, history might be different right now, you know? Like, we could have Champions League ball, could have had a couple couple, couple more players that summer, this, that, and the other. So I'm, I'm pinning that all, all on class next to shoulders as well. Um, so, but that guy, that guy fooled the hell out of me. I was shouting to Tobes, oh, yeah, look at this signing that we just made, better than Trippier, all of this stuff, like, this, that, and the other. And then... Yeah, man, he let me down. Let me down a big time. I, I thought I thought we had some Bosnian Roberto Carlos at the club, you know. I just thought, yeah, this this guy is really gonna do an absolute madness, bro. But yeah, he he he's a big big false image boy. <laughs> he pulled the water over everybody's eyes. So about so, yeah. and and you can tell by just some of these guys that pulled the wall over eyes because look look at look at someone like Mustafi who had Mustafi had stands, you know, <laughs> and wow. now Mustafi's now he's playing at Levante. Do you know what I mean? So, and I'm sure the same is going to happen with Kalasinac when his contract expired at the end of the season. He ain't going to end up nowhere good. So, yeah, I, I, boy, hopefully these guys, you know, uh, are doing more of their due diligence now with signing. So, bro, there's one more though, like because okay. I told you, like Jacka has like shaped the way I, I was thinking about midfielders. They need mobility. Then we when we signed one on loan. Thinking, oh, he's kind of mobile, good touch, can turn, oh. you know. Oh. <laughs> 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 
Oh god damn it. This is why I have to go so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we're lucky Lewis ain't here, man. Yeah, Lewis needs to be here to defend his boy, but oh my god. Oh, that guy, yeah. that, listen. that might be the biggest false image. Yeah, of yeah. I think, yeah. Hey, I think um, everyone I, to be honest. I'm, I'm literally holding him accountable for us going out of the Europa League. He was literally playing against us so many times last season. <laughs> that guy, bro. He was just giving the ball away in stupid positions. He was spinning like a Beyblade in his home in his own third. He he was making me so angry. And and you know what's really annoying? Because when you look at him, that's the sort of profile of an eight you want, and that you think, oh, do you know what? He looks like he should be sick. Yeah. But the reality is, you know, again, um, you're coming to this league, you need to be able to win your duels, handle the intensity. And at times I just felt like he was just so overwhelmed, man. And I'm just Thank God he ain't. Thank God he ain't here no more. I saw, I saw the link the other day. Said Arsenal went back on loan again. I said I will. I will raise fire on earth. But if we, if we buy that guy, we bring that guy back again. Oh, <laughs> but, but, but let, 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 the buyers, man. Oh man. You know, <laughs> you you might know me now from the group chat, and like, I usually I, t- I give players time. I don't want to. I don't run the agenda on Arsenal players too tough. But Sabayas, man, I had to raise it, bruv. I had to raise it, man. This guy was making me so fucking sick. Every week, he was he was taking three, four touches instead of passing the ball. And, oh, man, you, you know, everything that I don't like in a pair, like taking your time, overdoing things, all the stuff he was doing all the time. Yeah. Oh, man, he, he was making me really sick. And, and then he started to sabotage us as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, I, I I agree. Let's let's go on to um opinions which which we've got right. Um, yeah, Nigerian Dan, let's start with you. An opinion you had maybe like a while back that you've been proven right about, or or one that that's that's even recent as well. To be honest, a recent one. I'm gonna go with Saka because <clears throat> I never subscribed to this um this left back thing, um, and I thought that you know he always had some some potential in being one of the forward areas. I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't anticipate that it would be at right wing, but I, I just, I feel like in nowadays, when you see a left footed player play on the left side or a right foot player play on the right side, a lot of people just, you know, sort of pigeonhole them as fullbacks or like wing backs. So I think, I think I even saw people saying, you know, Dwight McNeil um, could be a quality left back for Chelsea, this, that and the other. And I'm just like, why can't he just be, a left winger, you know, like he is now, a left midfielder like he is now. Um, and I felt that Saka was getting that same treatment just because, you know, he wasn't necessarily able to show um, his full uh, set of skills. Um, so that was one that I, I, I was definitely like adamant on that I saw this guy um, as being a forward more than uh, a left back because obviously as well, I didn't see his defending being anything um, spectacular. And he always had that, that 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 uh, black man's blood, black man's strength, you know. So um, I could see him sort of growing into his body, becoming a bit more powerful, but and, and gaining that explosiveness um, that he might not necessarily be able to show, you know, when he's 17, 18 years old. So um, that was one that that I definitely thought um, people were being um, a bit too uh, premature on on pigeonholing him, pigeonholing him as a left back. <laughs> Yeah, cool. Dan, did 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 you always have that feeling on Saka, or were you a bit skeptical? I was a bit skeptical. I, I, again, I, I, you guys know me. I don't like making two um, shouts too conclusive at the beginning. I like getting more information. I was like, he looks he looks like a he could be an elite left back sort of talent. I was like, I'm not sure he's just completely left back. Um, and I wasn't also sure about his physical capabilities. You know, it was very difficult to tell how fast he is. I was like, he seems pretty strong. And now we see he's actually really strong and he's still quite young. And I think he still has some um, f- um, developing to do physically. So I didn't say, I don't think I completely said he's a left back, but I said, I think this is this might be the position for him, left wing back. I think he could be a top, top, top talent there. Um, I didn't quite have the thinking of that he might be a forward. He was just playing left back. So I was like, yeah, this could be a left back for the future. Um, so, yeah, I think... I think, um, I think I think that's what it was with Saka for me. But very early, I felt like... <clears throat> He had like resemblance from um um from Arsenal players that when they come through hell and they actually make it Arsenal. So I was like, I was pretty sure he's gonna make it and he's gonna be first team. I he just had that ball reception. All the all the sort of players I see come through from Hayland 
who really do, who really do well in the first team, which is where I think Reese Nelson fell short in the end. Uh, not in the end, we might still bring it back, you know. Uh, I might dunk on my head top, but I think um, where he really fell short was the ball reception. He was not that secure with the ball, um, like not like a sucker, even a Wobi. Like I think in the academy, I'm pretty sure um, Nelson was raising more hellfire than a Wobi was. But when the Wobi came into the first team, had a secure on the ball. Hella good at um, turning uh, um, under pressure, receiving, um, playing off people, combination head, all these things, and um, he made a he made he made a he made a stay in the first team just through those skills because that's the way we played, um, and I felt like Saka had that. I felt like ESR had that. Um, I felt like ESR was playing on the right wing too much when he came through at first, but I felt like this ball reception looks good on the right, and I'm a right foot player. I know if you're not a proper direct winger that and you like more of an interlink player, it's more difficult um, doing what you want to do on the right because the, the ball reception is easier on the left. You can come inside, you can spin outside, you know. It's it's just a more natural sort of feel of um, receiving the ball. So I thought if he goes on the left or plays in that left left side of space, he's going to look better even. Um, and he was scoring, I think, even some goals in the Europa League. So um, he was definitely a player where I felt like, yeah, him, him, him and Saka, I felt like they have the reception. Um, and they can they can they can do well in the first team, and they're now probably in our top five players for sure, um, maybe even top three. Yep, totally agree. Um, give give us your shout down on who you were right about. I think, um, and this one is with a pinch of salt because I still feel like there could have maybe been a space from Arsenal, and I've kind of like changed my opinion on them. Um, but I think I was completely right on my assessment on Willock. Um, said I don't think he is Arsenal's starting quality. Um, and I felt like the skills that he has, the way that he plays doesn't quite suit Arsenal. Arsenal would have to be a different team for him to really, really, you know, um, do his thing and come through and play regular minutes in the first team as well. Um, I just felt like he's always going to be a guy that we bring off the bench um, and um, he, he makes a contribution this way it's in similar mode to maybe Ainty Met and Niles, who then didn't want to play right back. Um, so, yeah, I felt like just technically <clears throat> he wasn't quite there for an Arsenal player in midfield um, in terms of being secure with the ball. He obviously has a lot of skills um, and, and, and in terms of being physical and also his movement is very good. Um, and I was also wrong. I didn't. I didn't think he was. Um, he was going to be a Premier League player. Um, that 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 part I got wrong. But um, I was very right. That I just didn't think he was going to be good enough for Arsenal. And you can you can argue and say, yeah, he's at Newcastle, so he might be good enough still in the future. But um, I think it's very telling when Arsenal sell a player that is young. Um, we try to we try to really hold on to all these players for. To the very end, really. Like a lot of times, we we holding on way too long. Uh, and Willock and um, Awobi were players that we sold when when their interest was there. Um, and I think that was telling. And that the club doesn't always do that. So um, I don't think that they viewed him as someone that they wanted to build around long term. Clearly. So I think I, I think I was right there, which feels a bit um, a little bit bittersweet because I I went back on my opinion on. I don't think he's a Premier League player because he definitely is. And I was actually quite happy that he, he proved to be one. And he obviously went on that mad run at Newcastle. And I think he's quite cool. Like, he's a cool kid. Like, he's a bit banterish. So I felt like it's always nice having these Hellend boys, isn't it? So it feels, feels kind of bittersweet that he's in the Premier League, but not Arsenal. But at, in, in the end, we want just the very, very best to be here. So he is what he is. Cool. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go with my one. Oh, sorry, Dan, did you, have, you want to add to that? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, with Willock, it's a funny one because I think he would probably fit more into how we're playing right now um, than someone like Odegaard. Um, so just, you know, playing on that transition, having players, um, you know, that 4 3 3 that we were trying to do, because um, I think he is more of a physical presence there in centre mid. Um, and some of the things that we've seen him do um, at Newcastle, I think would have been, well, some of the things that we're, we're sort of asking Erdegaard to do, but he doesn't quite have the um, the physical capabilities. So, you know, coming in to assist Partey, um, picking up those balls and then beating a man and driving us up the field, um, which is quite interesting because, which, and it's sort of, 
leads me to believe that this isn't necessarily how um, Arteta planned for us to play to play the season. Um, because for me, he's another one that would thrive in transition. Um, and, you know, he has an eye for goal. So um, it's, it's, I definitely don't think that this is like the long-term vision for for Arsenal because of the reasons that Dan said. Um, but, um, yeah, I think it's one to watch because I do think there is like a base level of technique there. Um, judging him on this Newcastle stint, I think, is uh, is difficult to do because they they basically, you know, just don't have a coach um that that has any sort of pedigree um so i definitely would like to see what becomes of willock because i am a fan of him i do like all i do like physical players i like players with power i like players that have an eye for goal so um i do hope that you know he does make a good career for himself but yeah it looks like it's not going to be at arsenal um anymore cool um i'm I'm gonna end yeah i'm gonna end it with my one and <laughs> this guy, I remember last season when when he was in the team and people were the the gas people were doing for him. It rattled my brain to the core. But listen, Pablo Mari, this guy, <laughs> this guy, this actual guy. I remember last season, people were like, "Yeah, we need to find Pablo Mari a partner." I was appalled, honestly. This guy, this guy, this guy's not good. Like, and, and I don't know how people were trying to. Ju- you know how people just try to justify whatever the club does, even though it's nonsense. You know what I mean? What uh, what same club is going to buy a centre back from Brazil at the age of what twenty six, twenty seven? He's a Spanish centre back playing in Brazil at that age. What does that tell you, bro? He's not at the level. Do you know what I mean? And if you look at the other clubs he had played for before, they were all just journeyman clubs. Do you know what I mean? So the fact that we spent, I don't even know how much it cost. It seemed the deal seemed shady. He's not great. He's not he's not, he's not strong, he's not fast, he's not even what I'd call a ball playing centre back. But I remember when people were saying he was better than Gabriel last season. I nearly fell over and you know, do you remember you, you, you guys remember that as well? So and it, it's noticeable that he's pretty much since when was the last game he played? I mean, well, I think the last game he played was he hasn't played since Chelsea when Lukaku ragrolled him, pretty much. And that was the only because remember the next week we played Chelsea. And we played five at the back. And it's, Pablo Mari was on the bench. And Kolasinac was one of the centre-backs. So I think that told me all I needed to know about this guy. Do you know what I mean? So, and the fact that, yeah, uh, it, a big waste of resources. Because if you remember at the time, we were linked with Bruno Guimara. So Edu went to Brazil with that suitcase and he didn't come back with the right with the right player. Boy. He should have been coming back with Bruno Guimara and then he came back with, with Pablo Mari. But yeah, um, I'm sure probably he might be someone who's up for sale at the end of the season, just because, you know, if, if we're speaking, hopefully if we're speaking about, you know, if we can get into a decent position and we can make room for Saliba, that's definitely one of the ones that's got to go. Like, he has no business at Arsenal, and I think we've been unequivocally clear on, clear on this, but, yeah, we did have to fight the allegations last, last year and around Jan, February. People talking about, oh... Holding in Mari, that might be uh, um, our best centre back partnership. No, the fuck they're not. They're just, <laughs> just playing against West Brom. That's what they're doing right now. <laughs> like, not, like it was, it was a crazy time, man. I People gas, they gassed that performance so much. That and the Chelsea game, where obviously oh, yeah, they, they, they gassed it so, so much. Yeah, man. Like, and you, you know as well, like, and I remember when they stopped gassing, it was when that Villarreal first leg, and they were hella passive. <laughs> Him holding chambers, they were getting ragworld by Paco Alcacer and those guys there. And I was like, this, this, this is not good. I can't believe, like, do you know what I mean? And 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 it says something as well, like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, because there were times when Arteta was preferring Mary to him. Do you know what I mean? And for me, there was no logical reason, obviously, apart from you know the period where Gabriel had COVID and it, it took him a bit of a while to come back. But Gabriel was so far clear of him, it's not even a comparison. And it was so crazy that people were making these comparisons last season. And the thing is, I saw that I saw the 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 lineup for that um Villarreal first leg, and I was even thinking that Gabriel was out injured or something like that. And I just see that Gabriel was there chilling on the bench, you know. Um Louise was there on the bench as well. So this guy was going into um our biggest game of the season, playing our two weakest centre-backs with our two strongest ones sitting on the bench. So um, I'm truly disgusted by the praise that, that Mary was getting because we 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 got told we are negative. We got told that 
you know, um, we're being unfair to, to marry, etc. When we called him out immediately, you know, because when he first came, I think he played, um, he played West Ham. City. City it was think. West Ham, I think, in the league when Antonio spun him. Then he played okay, Man City, yeah. oh, right. and then and then his his uh is he pulled his Achilles or something like that, trying, against trying, trying, trying to move. And I was like, bro, bro, this guy, I'm not liking what I'm seeing here. Really, wait for him to come back. Played West Ham again, I think, or was no, it was a Chelsea game that time. Sorry, and. I think that was a really good performance from everyone else barred Murray, basically, in that game where he was getting caught up the pitch, giving fouls away, gave away the penalty that Leno saved um, as well in that match. And I was like, yeah, this guy actually just isn't good. He's not good. But I think, you know, he had a nice trim and a nice uh, 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 manicured beard and whatnot. Yeah? So, <laughs> so people people gave him the benefit of the doubt, man. Handsome tax. Yeah, he, he benefited from that because my Max. goodness, the guys, he sucks, man. He absolutely sucks. If he was if he was there with Rob Holding's old hairline, um, I think people <laughs> would have been people would have been on him. Um, I am telling you something him. right now, yeah. The handsome tax is a real thing for Arsenal fans because the way these guys get um give leverage to players who let me say um have the Western sort of look. <laughs> <laughs> Like they, you know, they get a longer sort of like grace period, you know. All of a sudden, some I don't know. He looks, he looks okay. He doesn't look that Chelsea game because in that Chelsea game we got away with it in a, a little bit because we won three one, and mm. people just remember remembered us winning and being quite dominant in the first half. But he, yeah, he was the worst in that game. He was getting spun a couple times. He gave the penalty away. He was every time the ball was near him, I was like, oh my god, oh my god. Like, you know when you're just thinking. There's another mistake coming. There's another mistake coming. Yeah, he was not good in that game. I just think, I don't think he he's had he's had any good big games for us to be honest. Um, I don't, I can't remember any. I'll be very honest. Very, very, very much struggling to think. Like even some of that holding. I mean, holding has been here longer, I guess. But I remember like the one or two occasions when he played quite well in a bigger game. But yeah, um, Mari, I've not seen anything, and um, yeah, he's shit, man. <laughs> no, 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 no arguments from me there. Um, so yeah, we're, we're coming up to about an hour, so, so we, we might look to wrap it up now. I think we're going to have um, probably we might do a, a preview of the Watford game on Sunday for, for Patreon as well, and then we might do a post match again as well. Um, reaction for, for the Watford game, so um, and I'll, I'll, I'll be back again. Um, at the Emirates on Sunday, you know, it's it's like uh, we we have a couple of positive results and I'm, I'm I'm back there again. So, and and I'm I'm wary of predicting a positive result. Last time I tried to predict a positive result was the Palace game, and we also had that one turned out as well. So, but um, but just quickly, I've already gents. done it, man. I've already done it. So, sorry to cut in, but I've already I said on the Patreon piece, man, Aubameyang hat trick. I need that. I'm manifesting that. Man. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, he does. He likes to plunder against these teams as well, man. I think. Does, yeah. Was it? He scored. He scored two um, against Watford the last time they were in the in the Prem on the one of the last games of the season. We drew two two. That game. <laughs> <laughs> he was desperate. He was desperate for the golden boot that match. I think so. Mm. Yeah, man, I'm expecting him to plunder. I need him. I need him to. Uh, <laughs> okay, so so we'll we'll go into detail in the in the preview pod, but um, but yeah, quick predictions then for for that Watford game at the weekend. Three 0 Three 0 yeah. Nigeria and Dan. I'm manifesting that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm at a home as well. I'm gonna go four one, four one. Yeah. You guys are confident, boy. What, no, no rounds that clean sheet. Hey, Lewis is not going to have that one, you know. <laughs> I think, I think that Ben Ben White might um, all of this uh, rashness might it might come to come back to bite in a minute. Young yeah. young penalty. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm not as confident as you, man. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll just go. But you know what? I'm always I've always viewed myself as a bit of a cautious optimist. That's how I like to view myself when it comes to Arsenal winning. So, oh, posy. Um, uh, the thing is, you, you guys will call me that, but the way some of you guys move, <laughs> you guys are looking a lot more L fuzzy than me. Bro. Yeah, bring, bring the predictions up, man. Henri to serve it, he goes. <laughs> well, to be fair, to be fair, we do need to bring up that Excel sheet we done. You know, we were doing player predictions because ESR looks like he, he might be able to, back to 
hit some, you know, some if some. He stays some fit. If he stays fit for the whole season, he might actually hit ten goals. You know. Um, I hope so. I, I, I hope so. I hope so because, uh, like I said, his his creative numbers are down, but um, his his dribbling shot numbers are up. So, which I think probably fits in with what you know the coaches have been saying. They've been telling him to take more shots, take more risks himself. So, um, so yeah. So, so, so we'll, we'll see on that one. I will go with us to beat Palace um, Watford two 0 on Sunday. So, um, here's hoping, and here's hoping we have another successful instant match reaction that we can talk about. But, um, but gents, thank you very much for your time tonight. Let's leave it there. And, um, yeah, we'll speak to you guys soon. Peace. Peace. Podcast Network.